The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power. I love the power. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac19, and joining us, as always, Porsche. Hello, hello. Um, and for those that listen live, uh, we are a couple of minutes late because we just started arguing before the podcast started. So uh, <laughs> that might give you a bit of an idea about what we think about today's group, which is South Australia, the first group of South Australian draftees. Look, let's be fair, that happens pretty much every single podcast. We don't always go late because of it. <laughs> we, we usually sort of stop arguing just before, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Look, let's have another argument. Uh, we haven't discussed this pre-show, okay. but um, it looks like Port are going to pick up Lindsay Thomas as a delisted free agent. What are your thoughts on that? Mm. Uh, how much of his contract would we take on just the basic wage, I assume? None. We would take on none of his contract. None. On none? Because he would, he, would be, he would be paid out from North Melbourne. Would I rather have him for a year or Tompas? I'd probably rather have a chance on the new guy. This is the way I look at that. Um, <laughs> I, can't say, I can't say I'm, I, I can't say I can't. I'm overly thrilled, but I could see. Like we, we sort of talked about that's sort of the one one remaining clear weakness in our first twenty-two is a crumbing small fort. Um, is Thomas a crumbing small fort though? I don't know that he is, which is why I'm in doubt. I don't know that he is. I think um, he's more of a marking small, to be honest. Like, I kind of, yeah. He's kind of the full like, like model. Competes. Yeah. I think he's competing with Sam Gray if he comes to us. So I think it would mm. almost just be a magpie's pickup only, just about. Yeah, mm. I think you're probably right. It looks like it's going to happen. Like, it's not a 50-50. Yeah. Year. It certainly looks like this will be happening. So we've got to get our heads around it. Um you know, three or four years ago, I would have been quite fine with it. Because um, I, yeah, well, like Thomas has, has had a pretty good career. Um, you know, he was a former Magpies junior. I've watched his career pretty closely. And, um, you know, he's had a really good career. He's kicked over 300 goals. Um, you know, he's been a real sort of mainstay for North Melbourne uh, through their era of almost success. Um, but, you know, he's going to be 30. I don't know. I'd rather give game time to Aidan Johnson, to be honest. Um, and I just don't see who Oof. he's going to um, kick out of the side. And do we really want a 30-year-old backup player that's not you know, part of the first 18, really? Look, I mean, I'd, in some areas I think we do, but in this one I'm not convinced that we need them that much. Um I don't know, and the fact that we've just we've just literally just re-signed today, uh, Aiden Johnson for another two years, which is great. Yeah. Um, it, it sort of makes me wonder the value. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like at our picks, you know, even the late ones, there might still be. A, if we want to, if we want to go the goal sneak route, then I'd still rather have cracked an eighteen-year-old. Um, you know. I would uh, much rather draft picks. Liam Ryan and uh, <laughs> give him game time as opposed to Lindsay Thomas at 30 years old, to be honest. But I don't know. I, it's a strange one. I, they obviously consider that spot to be a weakness, which it probably is. But again, I would much rather Sam Gray in the side. He's obviously not going to kick out Robbie Gray or Chad Wingard or Motlop um, or the 
the couple of tolls up there either. So, I don't know, it's a bit of a strange one. It's a bit of a strange one. Maybe they just consider him as backup who might only play six or seven games next year as, as good enough. Look, it also it might be like um, the Henry Sattery rumour that was going around years ago, uh, in that for a brief time it was rumoured that Port were going to pick him up and everyone assumed it was the AFL list, but it was the Magpies. So it might be that you know, he's, he's been literally given the arse by North Melbourne, but that the port he's coming to play for is he's going to be a, a Port Magpies top-up player. Oh, um, that that seems possible. Why not? Oh, that, that would be against the rules, I would have thought. Would it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Unless I thought we were an overage person. Uh, unless he's coming to be captain, um, well, which maybe. I guess might I be know. possible if, if Summerton has retired, which is the rumour. Um, I we're definitely not allowed to be picking ex AFL players. Um, that's, okay, that, that's a hundred percent for sure. Otherwise, we would be doing it <laughs> already, and that, that's that's definitely part of the SANFL rules. But it might be right. that if Summerton has retired, he might be coming back to be captain. Yeah, so that's the sort of thing that seems more as likely as anything else when this rumour comes around. Well, I can certainly see why we would pick him up as backup um, or why the club would want to do that. Um, look, maybe it might be a stroke of genius and he might kick 30 goals next year. You never know. Maybe. 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 He's, he's, uh, look, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to get on board with the whole, you know, bring in senior players because we're on our premiership push. But he's, he's kind of, he's really is the borderline for me, um, Lindsay Thomas. I think he's a uh, bit at the other end of the yeah. bell curve for me. Um, okay. Yeah. Look, if if he had come off a a good year, like a, a year that Sam Gibson had had, for example, where he played 22 games <laughs> and. Um, picked up 500 possessions or something, I'd be saying, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, he played, what, six games or something this year. Uh, looked, you know, pretty over the hill. Um, spent a lot of time in the reserves, got suspended once or twice. I don't know. It just seems like a strange pickup. Yeah, it does a bit. But mm. there you go. There we go. Mm. Let's move on and talk about the reason for this podcast this evening, which is talking about the Crow Eaters, the South Australian... Under-18s players, um, this is part one. Um, what did you think of this crop as a whole? Uh, well, look, I mean, the tools are a bit better than last year. Yep. Um, the mids are probably not, and mids and other small players are probably not as good, I would say. Um, yeah, that's really about my, that's, <laughs> as a group, that's probably my main take on that. Um, there are a couple of tall players I do quite like, uh, so yeah, that's nice. It's nice for a South... It's nice to say that about the South Australian under-18s team because you don't say that too often, that there's tall players you like. So, yeah, that's no, good. Yeah, I think this group is probably a little bit better than what it was last year. Um, and I think it's mm. going to be quite a far way behind what it's going to be next year. But all in all, I think there's players with some promise. There's players who are halfway there who might um, who might uh, make a bit of a go at it under an AFL system where they can develop a bit more. And there's players that... Um, a pretty typical of uh, of South Australian potential draftees right across the board. And um, <laughs> speaking of that, there's a, qu- a question from Andre in uh, in Big Footy today, which was, um, there's an occasional year that's an exception, but generally the last 10 to 15 years, South Australia has underperformed in providing drafted players, especially at the top end of the draft and key position players as well. 
what would be your ideal setup to fix this issue? Um, my ideal setup would be for South Australian junior football management to be more effectively paid for. Because, um, I mean, every, okay, every AFL club makes a contribution to the TSC Cup, which is great, except that mm-hmm. doesn't include us. Um, and their NFL, you know, pay for it out of what they've got. And I think that that might be part of it, like taking it away from the SNFL clubs and making it all about developing the junior talent. Um, I think that'd be good. But yep. at the end of the day, there's also there's also the fact that, you know, unlike Victoria, where you've got a huge population in Melbourne and then you've got a whole bunch of really big regional centres, we don't have the same depth of regional centres in South Australia. Mm. So it makes the whole exercise much more difficult. Um you know, you can't have a, a, a team that is based in the northwest of South Australia because it's just the logistics are going to be really difficult to manage. Um, and it costs a hell of a lot, which the, I don't believe we have the support enough to, to really do it right, which means a lot of driving and, uh, you know, a lot of, I think it must be pretty hard these days. And you can tell because since Nord's taken the Air Peninsula, Air Peninsula draftees have dropped right off. Mm. Um, it, I think that that it just shows it costs a lot of money and SNFL clubs, they don't want to spend money on that because uh, the people that are going to benefit the most from the from the draftees is not SNFL clubs because okay. they are more likely to target a guy that's being ex-AFL than they are worried about a junior coming up that maybe is an SNFL standard footballer um, by and large, you know. Um, and the ones that they do get, there's enough in the metro area that they don't have to worry about the country guys. So, mm. Yeah. Although there's no doubt that... Um the way the SNFL clubs go about it is quite structurally wrong in that uh, they want to spend all their money on attracting ex-AFL players. Uh, No ALF in the SNFL, of course, but uh, um, this is going to sound entirely stupid, but it's almost a genetic problem as well because it feels like South Australian key position players are every year just that little bit too short to be key position players, and it feels like every year the best midfielders are just that little bit too short um, to make it. Like They always seem to be sub-180 centimetres, and the key position players always seem to be that sort of 188 to 192, as opposed to getting up to the real high guys, um, which you don't really see interstate, especially in Victoria, um, too much. So that probably sounds entirely stupid, but I'm going to run with it. Well, I don't reckon it's genetic. I think it's just about density of um, players that are in the system, really. Mm. Uh, you know, and what the focus of SNFL clubs is and all that sort of thing. Because, you know, the bigger midfielders, they're, they're, look at the big metro this year. It's absolutely chockers. Absolutely chockers of, you know, genuine AFL-sized midfielders. Yeah. Um, and that's because they've got that huge population uh, density and ability to access them, uh, particularly Vic Metro. It's not surprising it's Vic Metro. Because uh, they're all in one city, you know? <laughs> like, Vic Metro doesn't even reach the edge of Melbourne. Uh, you know, Dandenong's Vic country. <laughs> so yeah. it's uh, it's nice and condensed. It's really good and really competitive. It's easy to get guys in for short-term trials with the TAC Cup and then really sort of refine. Um, whereas in South Australia, like, this has never been more the case, I don't think, than this year where, you know, if you've got the right family background, you're probably going to get more of a shot in the South Australian system. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and that's super evident this year. Um you know, there's a lot of. It's, I think it's harder for just someone with raw talent in South Australia to just come through and do really well, particularly if they're from the country. 
Fair enough. Really tough. Fair mm. enough. Look, it is cyclical as well. And at this point in time, South Australia probably has the number one pick next year and quite possibly the number two pick as well. So um, not to mention another two players who are likely to get picked up in the top 20. Uh, so it does look like a bumper crop for SA next year. Um, so long as those kids continue to develop, which is also something which um, South Australian kids have struggled with um, in recent years where they've been highly rated at uh, underage level, uh, sorry, bottom age level, but when they've reached their draft year, they seem to um, just fall down the rankings a little bit from where they were rated uh, 12 months earlier. It's one of those things where I kind of feel like, gee, wouldn't it be great? Because, I mean, we're dealing in 2018 draft picks now, yeah? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great to be able to use them now? You know, mm. <laughs> like, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great? We're talking about we need to fill a tiny hole in our in our in our team. Wouldn't it be great to fit in Isaac Rankin instead of oh. drafting Lindsay Bloody Thomas? <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Would. If it was something like you had, if you had to use like two 2018 first round picks to pick a player, and then it still goes in this year's draft order, or some weird society, like you have to massively overpay. Oh, I don't know. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said on uh, on Thursday, what a pity that Jarman Impey wasn't a Queenslander because based on their uh, trade week, um, we probably could have got uh, Brisbane's first-round pick next year for Jarman Impey, <laughs> um, which is likely maybe, to be number maybe. one. So, yeah, such a shame. But uh, there you go. Let's wow. uh, let's move on and um, start yeah, talking right. about the players. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is uh, goes against what I just said, and that's uh, Callum Coleman-Jones, who's 201-centimetre, um, 98 kilo um, beast from Sturt. Um, he plays in the ruck and can also play as a key position forward as well. He's a bit like Tom Boyd or, or Kurt Tippett in that regard. Um, he played some uh, bottom age footy for South Australia last year. Looked really, really good. And um, did continue that form um, somewhat this year. Um, was named as an All-Australian uh, at, uh, at the championships. Averaged 17 touches, 4 marks and 19 hitouts a game. Uh, so he certainly did come to play um, against the best. Yeah, um, look, I don't mind him. He's got a lot of things that are good, and his deficiencies are pretty small. Um, so he's a good mark. He can play around the ground, like you said. Uh, I think he is a ruckman, though. I don't think he's a, a key position player. I think that the ruck is where he had the best work. Yep. Um, my only knock on him is maybe that sometimes he doesn't look like he's rushing all that much to do stuff. But he still gets plenty of the ball. But then that makes me wonder how much of that is because he's a tall player in the SA side, you know. So that is a query as well. But that's my only one: is that sometimes it looks like he could be trying harder. But you know, he's got a bit. He's got a bit of the Trengoves about him, where he, if the ball hits the ground at a stoppage, he's really good at being able to follow up and and get that quick kick or quick handball away. Um, His follow up work is exceptional for someone his size. Um, And look, he, he had a massive game. Um, at Adelaide Oval, which I went and saw live, where he picked up uh, 28 touches, five marks, and 15 hitouts playing in the ruck. And uh, yeah. if you're if you're a ruckman getting 28 disposals, that's uh, pretty. That's, pretty that's right up there. That's elite. Um, he also had another game at um, under 18 level uh, this year for Sturt, where he picked up 23 touches, seven marks, and 28 hitouts. So he certainly knows how to find the ball. Well, look, I mean, that Jackson Trengove um, comparison is actually really good for me, not because I think he's going to play the same sort of role, but because he looks the same when he's playing football. Yeah. In that Jackson, you know, he might be, he might have a good turn of pace. He might be working really hard and his effectiveness might actually still be really high, but he just looks that little bit slow, that little bit clumsy um, yeah. when he moves. Uh, and that could just be a trick of the eye. 
which, you know, I accept that that's absolutely possibly a thing. Quite possibly, but also like Jackson, he does have a pretty poor ball drop. Like his kicking action is uh, not all that great, but it does seem to be relatively effective. Um, The things that I really, really like about him, as I mentioned before, I think he's got elite follow-up work um, when the ball hits the ground in the row. I think his tap work is actually quite good as well. Um, It is. And his marking is exceptional. He's one of the best marks in this draft pool. He's got a great contested mark. Uh, he's got long arms. He just knows how to stretch them out and, uh, and clunk the ball, which is great. Um, he is quite athletic, I think. Uh, I think that's one of the highlights of his game. Um, but as I said, if he can work on his kicking, that's probably his one downfall at the moment. Uh, if he can work on that kicking and really get it bang on, he's going to be a mighty player, I reckon. He's got a lot going for him, there's no doubt. Um, where do you see him in the draft? Uh, probably outside the first round at this point in time. Yeah. I think he's going to start to come under consideration probably around Brisbane's couple of picks later on in that first round, sort of 18 and 20. Um, okay. I think uh, if he falls beyond them, I think um, quite possibly Richmond. Uh, I think they're after another toll. Uh, certainly would, would help um, rewild up forward and also Nankovic in the ruck. Uh, if he falls past them, then quite possibly uh, someone like Sydney at 33, um, I think would be up there. And look, if we had a kept 34, I reckon we would have been right up there as well. Yeah, that, around that pick range, you'd definitely jump, I'd reckon, yeah. um, for a South Australian player. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I don't mind him. I don't mind him. I'm not going to weep that we didn't get him, but uh, I, I think that if uh, he was available to us, we'd be silly not to go for him. Yeah. I'd, I would find it hard to believe that he's still there at our first pick at 49 or whatever it is. I'll, I would be questioning what's wrong and what happened with interviews and that sort of thing uh, if he's there at that stage. But, I, yeah, look, at times this year I thought, yeah, he probably will go first round, but, um, you know, top, South Australian tolls seem to drop a fair bit, so... I reckon second round is where he sort of fits and uh, and where he's likely to go. Yep, yep, I agree. And the next player, if I just open up what I'm supposed to be doing here, is uh, Lachlan Pascoe, who's a 190-centimetre, 97-kilo uh, third-toll defender or quarterback, I guess you'd call him, uh, from Nord. Plays a bit like Tom Barras from West Coast, maybe a bit like Ben Stratton from Hawthorne as well. Only played the one match at the National Championships this year, picked up 11 touches and three marks. Uh, he was dropped for the remaining matches, and then, uh, very sadly, he uh, injured his ACL, um, which put him out for the rest of the season. Yeah, look, from the small amount of footage I've been able to see on YouTube, uh, he looked all right. Uh, I don't know enough. I know he's the son of Andrew Pascoe that used to play for the Redlegs, uh, and yep. he was an all right player. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't know enough. So I can't really comment. Do you know a bit more than me, Macca? Look, he's at reserves level. He's um, he's dominated, um, which is a good sign okay. for him getting picked up. He's, yeah. He averaged uh, twenty six touches and six marks a game for Nord at that level, which is uh, which is right up there. Um, they do look to him a lot as that go to player coming out of the back line. He's got a wonderful kick on him. Um, he can zone off. He, he's very good in the air. He takes a really nice contested mark. He's a great spoiler, um, and he does get a lot of intercept disposals, which is great. So I think, look, if you were to take away his knee injury, I, I think he would definitely get drafted in the national draft. 
I think with the ACL and, and some of the doubt um, and risk that comes with that, I think it might push him through to the rookie draft. Yeah, that that doesn't seem unreasonable. Um, but if his disposal coming out of defence is that good, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if someone went for him a really late pick, though. Um, yeah. I, I think that I don't think you get too many players that have got good disposal actually get drafted in the rookie draft, really. Um, it usually seems to be more for athletic guys that just need to refine a bit more. True. Or your, uh, or your pluggers. Your, um, yeah, yeah. The guys that get a yeah. lot of the ball, Big but they're a bit unrefined. Stuff. Oh, them too. Yeah. yeah, whereas a guy that's got good foot skills, he could probably go in the late rounds, you'd think. Well, the one big knock on his game, look, he does take a lot of intercept disposals, and that's because he zones off a lot. His one-on-one defensive work is quite poor, and that's definitely where he needs to improve. He does get pushed off the ball quite easily in, in one-on-one contests, uh, and that's why he got dropped um, from his uh, from his one game at, S, at uh, a championship level. Um, so I would, look, that, that might be another thing that drops him pretty late. Um, do you think he might be someone that Port would look at as uh, maybe a defensive backup option? Or do we have too many of his type already? Well, I think the fact that we didn't get rid of any halfbacks in the trade period says that we don't really need him. Um, we don't We don't need more. We've still got Bonner, who's going to have to play for his spot. We've still got Broadbent. We've still got Hartlett. We've still got, we've still got everyone. Um, so it's just not a need for us. Um, you know, if he's there, if we do delist guys like Tumpus and that, and he ends up being pick ninety-five or whatever it is, then yeah, sure. But you know, with the three picks that we mandated to pick, I don't think I'd pick him. Yeah, fair enough. I can see him almost missing out completely, and uh, and hopefully coming back next year, having a really good year, playing some senior SANFL footy, and and maybe getting drafted in twelve months' time. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that uh, weakness that you talk about being a... a well, he th- basically would be a third-tall defender, pretty much, wouldn't he? And if you can't be accountable with that role, then as well as having a neat kick, then that, this is definitely something you need to work on. Otherwise, yep. I won't really look at, look at you. So. Yeah. Mm. Uh, following on the, the tall theme, that's uh, Nathan Krieger from South Adelaide. He's 196-centimetre, 86-kilo. Uh, he can play at either end of the ground as a key position defender or forward. Um he was the one that I earmarked as the, the one player that I really wanted Port to pick pre-season. Um, he ah, prob- okay. pro- probably didn't have the year that um, many thought he would have, but I, I still thought he was quite serviceable throughout the season. Uh, for South Adelaide, he played mostly at under-18 level, played nine matches and uh, averaged 14 disposals, five marks, and kicked uh, one and a half goals a game, playing mostly across half-forward. Uh, he did play two games at the championships as well. Uh, had a really good game against Vic Metro when South Australia got thrashed. And uh, he picked up 16 touches, 8 marks, and a goal a game. Uh, again, playing at uh, pretty much centre-half forward that day. Uh, what are your thoughts on Nathan? Um, I like him. I reckon he's a wingman uh, myself. Uh, I reckon I he's, a, he's a giant Loki wingman. Because uh, he's got he's good on both directions, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, he's athletic. Um He's got a good pace. He can tackle. You wouldn't think he's 196 centimetres when you look at him, um, but then you see him line up against the player, and it's like, oh yeah, shit, he's he's got genuine height. So yeah. if you if you can get a, if you can get a guy like him on wing, or as you say, you know, uh, maybe playing as a, a leading half forward as well. Um, gee, I reckon I reckon he could be a really versatile player at AFL level. Um, he's mm. for me, I think he's probably the most exciting of the prospects this year from South Australia. Yep. Um, because of his AFL potential. Um, mm. to play a unique role, you know, in a side and, you know, maybe even eventually in the AFL. Um, oh, he's got huge upside, absolutely huge upside, in my view. 
Yeah, he's he's still very raw, I think, in a football sense. He's mm-hmm. just pure athleticism at the moment. Um, the things that I really, really like about him, he's lightning quick. He is super, super quick. Um, and I think he would be really suited to that sort of Tom Lynch from the Crows sort of role, as that sort of third toll up forward, you know, leading up, leading up to the wings and, and, you know, running hard back. I think he'd be perfect in that sort of role. Um, but I think he's a natural defender. And whenever I've seen him play at centre-half back, I just love the way that he sort of can pick up the ball and just zoom off. He's very, very hard to catch. Um, he's got great closing speed. Obviously, he's super quick. Um, he does need to put on a lot of weight. He's wafer thin at the moment. Uh, he's barely got anything on his arms at all. Uh, but if he can put on an extra sort of six or seven kilos and get some core strength going, he's going to be pretty hard to stop. Look, I mean, I think that the fact the fact of his height, the fact he can mark, the fact he's got that pace, and he looks like he's got pretty good endurance too, and he's not mm-hmm. afraid of a contest. Um, you know, that's, for me, I think that, you know, any flaws you might say about his build, they don't present in the game that he'll be playing, really. Like, there's yep. players that it will, and we're going to discuss one of them later today. Um, but, uh, no, I think, he can, I think he can be that guy on the wing that when you're having trouble in defence because they've pressed you in, He's the guy you might consider going to because he can make a really strong lead. He's tall enough to take a mark over anyone except for another tall who probably can't keep up with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think he's and he's. I think he's the clue to beating a, a forward press. Really, if, mm-hmm. if we want to, if you want to oversell a player, which I'm definitely doing now, but uh, that sort of player is exactly how you'd want to beat a forward press: is be able to kick long and uh, have him on the lead, and you know, with his hair waving about so you can spot him easily <laughs> through the pack. Yeah. Uh, He's definitely a guy that's going to cut his hair in pre-season and everyone's going to wonder who the hell he is. <laughs> yeah. But did we, did we uh, pick up no. this guy or is, it, or is this the merchandise <laughs> bloke? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's with the stats team. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's right. So where do you see him going? Like, as I said, he was my sort of... Uh, he's the one that I put in a big asterisk next to at the start of the season. He's probably my favourite of this South Australian crop. Or he definitely is my favourite from this crop. Um, where do you see him sort of fitting on draft night? Look, I think he could be a bolter. Um, I think he's a sort of... In a draft where there's a lot of players that are not quite everything, I think his potential upside is going to be super tempting to clubs. Um, so I, I, he could go in the first round, you know? Yeah. Um, it, for me, for me, he's kind of like an exciting Jack Bowes and he went in the first round. So, you know, mm. um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, look, I... I kind of think the same. I feel like he might drop a little bit below the first round now. I just feel like some other players might have gone ahead of him a bit. But um, I've got him pretty high in my rankings. I've got him... Where have I got him? Just having a look now. I've got him at 16. So... um, Or 15, sorry. Uh, So I've got him up there. I think he's a first round talent. I just don't know if a team's going to pull the trigger that early. I think he fits in the second round. Um, I think a team like Geelong would be pretty keen. I reckon if he lasts to Adelaide at 39, they would wrap him up. I think Collingwood at 38 would be up there. I think GWS with their 220s picks would be um, would be a consideration. Um, and look, fingers crossed that uh, for whatever reason he falls to our first pick at 49 because uh, I would love to have him. Yeah, no, I, I think there's no chance of that. But if it yeah. happens, then that would be... <laughs> That would be better than last year, almost. Dare really to dream, good. Porsche. Dare to dream. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
don't ruin my uh, don't ruin it for me, please. Hopefully, sorry, hopefully, sorry. hopefully, fingers crossed, something like that happens. But yeah, <laughs> I think you're hundred percent right. There's no chance he's going to drop to forty nine. I think he'll probably go in the twenties. Um, but as you said, maybe I don't know, maybe someone like Sydney. He looks kind of like a Sydney type player, I reckon. So it does, doesn't he? Oh god, he could end up being Adam Goods next if he goes to Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. That'd be good. Uh, right, next player, he's got, he's got Andrew. The yeah, that's right. Uh, next player is Andrew McPherson, who's 186 centimetre, 77 kilo. Uh, plays as an outside midfielder or back flanker from Woodville West Torrens. Uh, a lot like Jaden Hunt or Brody Smith. Um, we haven't really seen a lot of Andrew McPherson this year. He, he came into the season very, very highly rated. Um, but his season's been a bit disjointed. Um, only managed to play just the four matches for the year. Uh, injured himself prior to the championships. Missed the whole national championships and missed nearly three months of footy as a whole. Uh, played three games at reserves level uh, for Woodville West Rhymes and averaged 25 touches a game. Um, so I guess my question to you is, how much have you actually seen of Andrew McPherson? Not much. Hardly anything. Not much. <laughs> like, my, my, my only comment is that for a running halfback, to have thigh and hamstring injuries, oh, red flag, red flag. We've got one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a bit of a concern. Yeah, I think so. Mm. But the things that I like about Andrew McPherson, and there is a lot, and uh, I think he's got really good pace. I think he's a very damaging kick. I think he's a very classy player. I can certainly see why he's, he was very, very highly rated coming into this year. He's a smart user of the ball. I think he's got high hurt factor with his disposals. Um can play as that sort of outside mid or across half back and really is capable of being the player that, that you can look to to set up the play. I think he's quite reasonable in traffic as well, really clever with his hands. Um, so I think there is a lot to like about Andrew McPherson. Okay. Um, how much do you think there is to like about him? Where are we talking draft-wise? I think despite his injuries, I think he will likely go between sort of 30 and 50 on draft night. And I okay. think uh, if he falls to 49, I would be very, very happy to pick him. Okay, fair enough. Because I've said all year, like, come draft time, the, the type of players that I want are players that can kick the footy. And Andrew McPherson is one of the best kicks of the footy in this draft, in my opinion. Right. Does he feel a need for us specifically? Outside mid? Quite possibly. That's a reach, isn't it? You don't reckon? Well, like I said, we, when we got one of those, like that's exactly what we thought Hamish Hartler was going to be in it. Like he's, he's sounding pretty much in that category. Uh, no, I, don't know. I was kind of hoping Hartler would be more inside than outside, but I think look, there are issues with McPherson's game. I think when I say he's an outside mid, he's very, very much an outside mid. Like he is almost Nathan Loney type outside mid. Um. So he probably does need to get a bit more hardball in that regard. I think he needs to improve his tackling technique. I think it's structurally um, poor, and he does like a bit of defensive pressure as well. But I think they're the type of things that you can certainly work on and drum into him uh, to be a bit more of a complete player. Sorry, where, did, where in the draft did you say he was going to go again? 30 to 50. That's sounding more like a rookie pick when you add those deficiencies to an outside uh, halfback. Yeah, I still think there's a lot in this particular draft. I think he sort of fits in that sort of 
what's that late second to through to the sort of end of the third round okay all right we'll see what happens i reckon i reckon i reckon you might mm. be pumping his tires a bit much there but i guess we'll see possibly possibly i mean just how much you know his injuries have sort of uh had a part to play in that i'm not too sure but uh, maybe came back a little bit tentative this year um and that might have just been the role that they asked him to play as well. Yeah, could be. But we shall see. I, I certainly won't be unhappy if we pick him up on draft night. Uh, as I said, I think we need good users of the ball, and he ticks that box for sure. Um, you know, give him a couple of years of development, and I think he'd certainly be playing at AFL level. Hmm. All right. Okay. Next player is um, James Rowe who's a 172cm, 70kilo player from Woodville West Torrens, uh, is also the son of Stephen Rowe, which is uh, very exciting. Um, plays as, as a, a small midfielder or a forward pocket. He reminds me a lot of Kane Mitchell. Um, he had a really, really consistent year this year, p- um, performed at every level he played, um, was one of South Australia's best players across the whole championships, averaged 19 touches and, uh, and four clearances a game. Huh. Okay. Well, no, I, I haven't looked up the stats on him if they're saying who sorry for the for the under 18s championships, but those they surprised me. Yeah. Because um, it felt because you look at you know I know that he's had an absolute shit ton of the football at lower levels, hmm. but in, in the championships he just really looked outclassed. I thought. Oh, I think that's a little bit unfair. Uh, the games that I saw him play, I thought it was one of those sorts of players that you don't really notice much at the ground and then you get home, you look at the stats and you go, oh, she actually had quite a lot of the footy and you go back, watch the replay and you sort of notice more of the things that he did in that regard. Um, as you said, he, he picked up a lot of the footy at uh, at local level. At under 18 level, he averaged 29 touches, had a huge final series for, for the Eagles, picked up uh, 30 disposals and nine clearances in the qualifying final and uh, followed that up uh, with best on ground in the grand final um, with uh, 35 touches, 7 marks, 10 clearances, 11 inside 50s and a goal. So um, can certainly know how to find the footy. For me, he just he just looked exactly like a, 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 a standard small midfielder that is going to struggle scaling up. Mm. Like that, that, that's the story for me from this. Like, if, you know, he got a bit of the ball. You did see him get a lot of the ball, but it just didn't seem to do anything particularly good at that. Um I don't know. I, 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 I'm. <laughs> the reputation doesn't match up with what I've seen, and that makes me very confused. <laughs> Does he have a reputation? Well, he's a son of, isn't he? That automatically gives you a reputation. True. Look, I almost want to pick him just to see the reaction <laughs> on five double eight, just to see what happens. There wouldn't be a reaction at all. Stephen Rowe would be absolutely stoked his kid got picked up. Oh, I reckon he probably would. Yeah. yeah I reckon you're right. It's look, not even moments conflict. Yeah, look, he's a good accumulator. He runs all day. Um, the things that I like about him is that I, f- I feel like he's got good core strength despite his size. He's got really clean skills. Um, I think he is quite clever at stoppages. Uh, can read the taps really well and, and does get first hands on the ball despite being uh, very, very short. Uh, and he is a hunter. He's a real hunter of the ball as well, which I like. But look, at 172 centimetres... You're really going to be up against it, unfortunately, and I feel like he's the sort of player that really needs to be sort of ten centimeters taller. 
So you yeah. think he's draftable? Ah, uh, no. Like, if he ended up at Port, I'd be a bit disappointed that we used that pick on him. Um, but that's not to say that you know a crows or someone wouldn't pick him up and give him a shot. But no, I don't. I don't think so. No. I feel like he probably needs to be a bit quicker at his pace. Uh, sorry, at his size. I think he needs to, to have a bit more pace. But yeah, Louis, if he's going to go, it's going to be as a rookie pick. I feel. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, for, I, I can't see him going in the national draft. It's going to be sort of late rookie, I reckon. Well, for context, I like Zach Bailey's championships more than I like James Rose. Oh, well, he was All-Australian, wasn't he? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm talking about and him he, for a rookie pick too. So. <laughs> and he's about 10 centimetres <laughs> taller too. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, look, you can't teach being a ball magnet though, and he's certainly one of them. So, look, maybe a club might consider uh, looking at him because he just knows how to find the footy and um, you know, might uh, see if they can work out somewhere to play him from there. Yeah, maybe. Might be possible. You never know. But, uh, yeah, it will be interesting. He's a player that just because he's Stephen Rowe's son, I've sort of put an asterisk next to as well just to see sort of uh, where he goes. Okay. Um, next player we're going to talk about is Alex Martini, who's a 181-centimetre midfielder uh, from Glenelg. Uh, reminds me a lot of Connor Blakely from Frio. Uh, he played at every level at SANFL uh, this year, spent most of the season at senior level, played nine matches for Glenelg at that level, averaged 14 touches and three tackles a game. Um, what did you think of Alex? Look, I mean, it, you mentioned the category of player where you don't really notice what they're doing. Um, and I felt like he was in that category. You go back and you know look at the highlights and watch the game again. He does good stuff. He does good stuff when he gets the ball. Um, you know, I don't know that I'd make him a high recruiting priority, but I can definitely see an AFL club picking him up and you know maybe he'll go on and really become something from there. But he's got a bit of potential for AFL for sure. Um, mm. Now maybe he might be that sort of the sort of player that you always want Broadbent to be in being like a halfback guy that can play in midfield. Um, I sort of felt like maybe that could be the sort of early play. Yeah, I can see him sort of doing a tagging job at AFL level. I can see him maybe yep. doing a shutdown halfback role at AFL yeah. level. Yeah. Um, I'm not completely sold on him, to be honest. Um, I was expecting more at the champs. I thought he was pretty disappointing at that level, but not, not so much his output, but more the fact that he looked quite slow and you look at his 20 meter sprint time and he's actually really really fast um so that makes me think that he's quite slow in making decisions uh which isn't going to cut it at afl level no that's fair if that's the case um i don't know he seemed to be pretty involved with stuff as far as i could see like he was right in there so i don't know i don't i didn't see that really myself i think he's Skills are not too bad. Like, I think he's got a quite a neat yeah. right foot. I think his handball skills are pretty target. good. He can hit mm-hmm. a target. That's it. I think um, his inside work is not too bad. Um, I just think, I don't know. I've just got a big question mark over him. I'm not 100% sure why. I, it might be the slow decision-making. It might be um, physicality. I'm not too sure. But there's something that I'm just not 100% sold on with his game. Yeah, I mean, I'm not 100% sold on him, obviously, from the way I'm talking about him, but uh, I do I do think he could have a bit of potential um, in what people are saying is a shallow draft, which means that the later picks, they've become more random as individual clubs have their own personal likes and dislikes. So 
he could get a shot or he could never play AFL at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, at the moment, I've got him as sort of like a third rounder through to the rookie draft somewhere in that yeah, sort of... Yeah, that's uh, really fair. Yep. yep. That sort of area. Mm, I would not disagree with that. Yep. Uh, next player is uh, Brad McCarthy, who's uh, also from Glenelg, 177-centimetre small defender. Um, can play through the midfield as well. He averaged 16 touches and three rebounds a game at the championships across halfback. At reserves level, he averaged 13 touches and uh, played three at under-18 level where he averaged 23 touches a game through the midfield. Um, what did you think of Brad? He plays like a Crows player. Um, <laughs> okay. He, He's absolutely that. Like, um, that's not a that's not a slam. He just absolutely has that exact set of traits that the crowbots love. Yeah. Um, he's reasonably strong. <laughs> he can set up a teammate by hand pretty well. He uh, kicks to teammates' advantage pretty well. Um, there's not a lot of deficiencies in his game. Uh, he's obviously a little bit smaller than they might ideally want, but he just looks like a crows player, and he plays like a crows player. Um, yeah, yeah. It's funny you say that because I've got my player comparison as Luke Brown. There you uh, go. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me a lot of Troy Makepeace as well. I think it might just be oh, his yeah. body shape. It's a blast. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just like a big, you know, he's almost like a house brick out there. You know, he's just yeah. this big, built like a brick shit house and very hard to move off the ball and uh, very reminiscent of, uh, that's the first note I've got is that he's a small defender who's reminiscent of, a, of players of a bygone era because he just seems to be that sort of big, sort of chunky back pocket that's, you know, not going to be flashy, but we'll just sort of get the job done. Oh, you, look, I mean, I would give him that classification if he wasn't trumped in every category by Mitch Croden, who we're talking about on Thursday, I believe. Yep. Um, he he looks like who's, who's that? Who was that small blonde midfielder from Carlton back in the nineties? Because he looks exactly like him. Dean like Rice. Yeah, Dean Rice. That's him. Yeah. He's in that Dean Rice category. But anyway, we'll talk about him on Thursday. Yeah. yeah um, McCarthy. Yeah. Look, he definitely looks like an old-fashioned footballer. Um, but like I said, it's not a huge number of deficiencies in his game. I think that he's got enough to go with. He seems to have the the idea of what's going on, you know, mentally when he's playing. So yeah, he, he's all right. Yeah, well, I think defensively he's very, very strong. I think he's capable of shutting out an opponent. I think he's got a really nice left foot kick. He's got great skills. Uh, but I've just again, I've got a big question mark over his AFL draftability. I'm just not sure what sort of scope of improvement he's got. I think that's the big question for me. Um, is he as big and is he as fully developed as he's going to get? Um, but look, we kind of said the same thing about Jack Graham last year and look what he did this year. So Yeah, but Jack Graham had a few centimetres on this guy as well. Um, for me, that's the thing. Like, if, you, if you told me that Brad McCarthy was 186 centimetres, I'd say, yep, that's good. He should hold up well. The fact that he's coming in 177 with his sort of general build, don't know, don't know. Hmm. Um, look, he probably doesn't have a growth spurt ahead of him or anything like that. So then it becomes about, is he just strong enough for and good enough for under 18s? Um, because that build is not that common and those traits are not that common at AFL level, really, yeah. for guys in that height. You know, if he, like I said, if he's 186, like a mid-sized AFL footballer, yeah, you get guys like that at AFL level, but not much smaller. I think at the very least, he's going to churn out a really, really good SANFL career. Like he's, oh, yeah. he's, going to, he's going to be a gun at sort of state league level. Um, if he's going to get drafted, I feel like it's going to be as a rookie pick. I think you sort of save those back-pocketing mm-hmm. types for that sort of range. Um, and look, if, if he gets picked up, I think he's going to give it a, a pretty decent crack and... 
look, he might just well get picked up by the Crows. He might. He might. Um, Quite possible. Yeah, maybe. We shall see. Uh, next player we're going to talk about is uh, Brody Carroll, who's 186 centimetre, 71 kilo. Uh, player from Norwood plays uh, on a back flank or as a wing. I reckon he's a lot like Matty Broadbent in the way he sort of goes about it. Uh, he was a pretty solid performer at the Champs, picked up 13 touches a game across halfback, uh, sort of ran through the midfield a little bit. Um, it was really at SANFL reserve, Reserves level where he did impress, um, picking up an average of 18 touches a game. Picked up over 20 disposals in three of his last four matches, including a big 29 disposal, 13 mark performance in round 18. Um, he was a player we were arguing about uh, pre-podcast. He was the player. He yeah. was the player, that's it. <laughs> Um, so, what are your thoughts on Brady Carroll? I think that Joel Bowden would be a defender I'd pick ahead of him. Um, <laughs> well, no, look, yeah, he wasn't all Australian. He so. wasn't all Australian, absolutely. <laughs> no, look, um, Brady Carroll, look, he's got AFL height. He's got AFL pace, there's no doubt about it. He just seems to be... that If he's not... If he's if he manages to get separation from his opponent, he can do a lot of good things. Yep. Um, but he looks like he's a defender, and unfortunately he looks like a defender that is incapable of reliably contesting a direct opponent, Mm. Um, which is, you know, I think the game's past that. I don't think that exists anymore. I think that Peter Bergon was the last guy that Port Adelaide played that had uh, that ability to just, you know, be in a back pocket and get the ball and do whatever he wanted. Um, I think that Hamish Hartley tried to do that for a little while, and it didn't really work out, and he got told to do a bit more. Yeah. Brady Carroll, he's, he's 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 a stick. He's a really skinny guy. What, 71 kilos, 186 centimetres, like that combo, you know, you need to put a bit of weight on. And then, I don't know whether he's even... Because when he lays tackles, players just ignore him. I don't reckon he's dragging him to the ground. He might be retarding him, but I don't know if he's dragging him to the ground or pinning him or anything. I don't know. The games I've seen, I think he's actually been quite an aggressive tackler. I think he he attacks the player really, really well because he's very, very quick and he can attack and tackle quite well. I think he just needs to improve defensively one-on-one if he's going to play down back. Yeah, Um, hugely. I think he's almost... I think he's... I don't know. It's hard to say. I think athletically he's got all the traits that you want in an AFL player. Uh, he's very quick, he's very, very agile, um, he's got a great leap. Um, athletically, I think he would make a great back flanker at AFL level. Um, it's just the the football side, which needs to sort of uh, catch up a bit. If, look, I mean, it could also be that the game is heading his direction as well. Um, so if we do reach, you know, say in five years' time at AFL where umpires reliably pay tackles, you know, without having to sling the guy to the ground without having to really do anything other than, you know, get contact on and have the ball not really get away too quickly. Um, yeah, in that world, he could be extremely useful. Um, but if it's like it is, seems to be like now, in particular like it was a few years ago where you, you know, basically have to strip the ball from them, I, I don't see him being that useful on the on the counter. Um, I think that really he's, he's, he's an offensive threat from defence, um, kind of like we thought Impey would be. Mm. Um and I think that there's a role for that in an AFL side. He, look, he might have enough talent. He certainly, I reckon he's got enough. He's got enough talent to maybe go to a team that is happy for him to play that role. But I think that his weakness, like he can work really hard, and he has to work really hard on it to be an AFL player. But I, I don't know that he'll ever really get past it. Mm. Um, 
he's got to, he's got to add a lot of weight to that frame, and he'll, if he adds too much and he'll lose that pace, that makes him you know exceptional. So it surprises me that he's only seventy one kilos. <laughs> I want to I want to check on that. Thanks, um, because I reckon I reckon he's a bit. Oh, you reckon? I, I reckon yeah. he looks a, more like about seventy five kilos at the moment. I eat like 186 and 71. That's pretty bloody thin, and I reckon he's I reckon he's a bit bigger than that, to be honest. But we shall see. Look, I reckon six or seven years ago, Brody Carroll was an absolute 100% chance to get drafted because those sort of prototype yeah. athletes over footballers just absolutely got drafted back then. Yeah. But Absolutely. it's almost started to swing the other way again and sort of more footballers over athletes are getting picked up now these days. Yeah. Um, so I think it there is a query whether he will get drafted. I do like him. I think there is something to work with there. And I think he looks like a Port Adelaide type pick. <laughs> I was going to say, I can sum you up in three words. Terry Wallace player. <laughs> Terry Wallace player. Oh, that's... Uh, that sounds pretty harsh, I reckon. That's uh, that's uncalled for on this sort of podcast, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I think I think that's exactly like you, you know, if he could have been a Farron Ray or someone like that. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. I don't know. He he just looks like the sort of player that I reckon Jeff Parker will sort of pick come draft night. I don't reckon. Um, where that comes, whether that is in the national draft or as a rookie pick, I'm not 100% certain, but um, I think he's worth a shot. I think he's worth a chance um, because I think his deficiencies are something that can definitely be worked on. I don't think it's a core issue in his game that's going to hold him back forever. Um, And I think it's something that you can develop. Um, And I think with his sort of athletic traits... I think that will make him an attractive pick for Port. I think that he could be an attractive pick at a club. I don't want him at Port. Um, and I suppose the main reason I don't want him at Port is because he'll spend a lot of time at SNFL and he'll look like a superstar because he'll be able to get that separation very easily with his pace. Yeah. Um, and so unless we actually have a, a, a realistic possibility for him to play in the AFL side, um, ahead of our 10 zillion halfbacks we already got, um, He's just going to stagnate, I reckon. I reckon he's got to go. I reckon for him, he's got to go to a club that's going to give him AFL game time pretty early. Um, mm. And I don't see us being that club. Okay, fair enough. He's going to have to adjust to the big bodies and the, and the combination of strength and speed that he'll face at AFL level, and he won't do that at SNFL level. Yeah. Do you think he might work further up the field, like through the midfield or on a forward flank? Look, I mean, you could get away with it on a forward flank, perhaps a bit more, because the you know because you can, you can theoretically get away with not being in hugely two-way if you have a lot of other players doing something similar. And look, it really depends on if the press is staying around or if they start instituting, you know, rule changes to make it harder. Mm. Um, really, like, you know, um, changing things like the rush behind rule where you get, you know, the free kick free kick goal against you if you're a rusher behind, if you're a backman, things like that. Because um, I think that hugely can, contributes to the press. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, the game would open right up if they got rid of that rule. Well, that's one to look out for on draft night. We'll see what happens uh, with yeah. Brody Carroll. He could go a lot of places. Mm. Um, I don't know that I really want him at Port. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Last player is Isaac Hewson, who's a 182 centimetre <laughs> uh, midfielder from Nord. He's another one that we sort of discussed pre 
draft and uh, sorry pre podcast and for me this guy is Hamish Hartlett like down, down to even the way he looks he looks the same he moves the same he's got the same kicking action he plays the same role he makes the same mistakes he's got the same haircut he's got the same stupid moustache um, this guy is Hamish Hartlett when I when I watch the games I've got a I've got a, a spreadsheet on my, on my um, tablet that I go through and I add notes Isaac Houston's the player I've added the most notes for, and I don't think one of them's positive. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, he seemed to be pretty easily pushed off the ball. He, when he's under pressure, his disposal's not great, but when he's not under, dispo- under pressure, his disposal's not all that great. He's a bit fumbly. Um, he didn't seem to have really an idea how to play in defence at times. Um, he looks all right when he's completely alone. Like I think that um, we saw that um, of the tele- of the televised games against Big Country, he looked a lot better than he did against Big Metro um, because yeah. he had a bit more space against Big Country. Um, yeah, I, I I I don't want him at Port. Um, he might get drafted, but I just I just don't want him at Port. I really don't. Yeah, there are parts to his game that I do like. Um, I think. He, I think he tracks more... Similar to Hamish Harlow, I reckon he plays his best football inside as opposed to outside. Um, I think because he's got a very, very long kick, um, that sort of, sort of made him sway to be more of an outside player that, so that you can sort of, he can receive the ball and then use that penetrating right foot kick um, to advantage. And he does have quite possibly the longest kick in this year's draft pool. Um, but I actually think his inside work is much more impressive. Um, I think he wins clearances. He's capable of getting first possession. I think he's a really nice handballer. Um, when he's inside, he makes quicker decisions. He doesn't have time to think about it a bit more, and, and I think the decisions that he makes are much more impressive. Um, but yeah, I don't know. As you said, I reckon, similar to Hamish Hartlett, when he's playing down back and he's got time with the ball to think about what to do, he usually sort of mucks it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's shorter than Hamish Harlow too, I just thought I'd add. Uh, Is he? Yeah, 182 compared to 184-ish, I think, for Hamish. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's not, you know, that's not in, in your career not short or anything much. like that. Yeah. Not all that much, but it's like, yeah, I... I just don't. I just don't see it. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen enough that makes me think this is the guy I want being loose in our half back line, um, particularly with the press, nah. the dominant style of play. Uh, nah, nah. Like well, he might. As he, I said, he makes the same mistakes as Hamish Hartlett, and I reckon the amount of times I've seen him sort of switch and kick a wobbler that uh, brings back cold chills of sort of 2016 Hamish Hartlett trying to do the same thing at AFL level. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a real curler and give you an older player. I'm gonna say he reminds me of 18 year old Cade Simpson. Um, oh, yeah. He as a guy that you know eventually at AFL level he got really good, but geez, he took a long time. <laughs> um, and uh, you know even then at his peak he was he was good enough for Carlton. Um, so I kind of feel he's in that that category. Like if he goes to a, a Gold Coast or a Carlton, and you give him 50 games um, fairly early on, he might adapt and be you know. Around the twenty, around the twenty-two mark, um, but gee, that's a lot of work to put into him. A lot of, and he'll be a long time without a future award. I would have thought. Yeah, look, he's got a weapon which isn't necessarily a weapon at the moment. But if you can refine those skills, I think there is an AFL type player there. 
Um, whether he can work on those skills is another question. Um, I think defensively, he needs a lot of work. Um, I can't see him playing down back at AFL level at all. Um, and look, if you're going to be played as a playmaker, you want to be hitting a lot of targets, which he currently doesn't do. You really do, don't you? Yeah. But having said that, I still think he is definitely a chance of getting picked up somewhere. I think uh, more likely as a rookie pick as opposed to the national draft, but someone will like his... Um, Someone will like that leg and uh, and see what they can do with it. I don't think I'll get drafted. Um, okay. I don't think I don't think any club will draft him. The Jonty Scharenberg of this year's draft pool. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, that's it for this evening. That's all the uh, that's all the players that we had. Alrighty. I'm looking forward to the next one a bit more. The next one, yeah, should be interesting. We've got Darcy Fogarty, there's Jordan Houlihan, he's got a lot of talent. Mitch Croden, as you said before. Harrison Petty. And, uh, yeah, Harrison Petty as well. Yeah, we're going to talk about Don Barry, who um, had a big year in the uh, SNFL for Glenelg too. Um, so plenty of players there to talk about next week as well. I just every time I watch Harrison Petty, he reminds me of like a, a, a Rodney Jamison in that you know when he, by the time he's twenty five, he's going to be shaving his head very much, and he look like a real tough nut. Yeah. <laughs> but right now he just looks, you know, he's got this pretty curly hair. It's quite funny. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's a fair call. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's good. That's it. All right. Well. Alrighty. Until uh, Thursday, can't the pair. Uh-huh. Yeah, can't court. Go, Lindsay Thomas. Oh, God. <laughs> Go Aiden Johnson. Goes back. Lockwood can unload. Oh, he goes to the top. The old barrel. What a kick from Barman Lockwood. Where did that come from? Well, they put Adelaide held the ball up. They had no one to kick it to. There was about four or five.